Okay, well, this is the Road Home from Wrestling interview. We're back, and we're back with a vengeance. And today, um, I'm Andy, and I'm being joined by Category 5, Corey Storm. What's up, Corey? Um, nothing much. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. Um, you know, you have a very unique story that I don't think a lot of people know. Uh, maybe people know you got you got started young in wrestling, but I think that we're going to shine some light on today. Some things that maybe other people don't know about. And I find very interesting. Uh, my first question is how old are you right now? I'm 18 years old right now. Now, the first time I saw you was in either late 2015 or early 2016 at rockstar pro wrestling. I think you wrestled idol Hines at maybe one of these kind of like Ludus shows or something like that. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was actually a uh, triple threat. It was my rock star debut. It was Idle Hines and Dave Christ. No kidding. Wow. I See, I didn't even remember that part. <laughs> how, how old were you then? I was 15. And how long had you been wrestling? Uh, was maybe, maybe four or five months. It wow. hadn't been very long at all. So that means that you started when you were 15 or when you were 14? Well, I started training at 14. Uh, and then, you know, it, my birthday's in April. So I started training around January of 2016 and then had my debut late June of 2016. So I debuted shortly after I turned 15. Well, we're going to get into your debut match and some of that stuff too. But, you know, I have wanted to ask you this question for a really long time. You and I don't know this for a fact, but you must have very supportive parents. Is that correct? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have both my mom and my dad in my life. Uh, and, you know, all my life, they've been very supportive of me and maybe not all of my decisions because I was a uh, pretty bad kid. But, <laughs> uh, you know, wrestling wise, they have supported me full fledged. And, uh, you know, obviously, when I first started, I wasn't able to drive or anything. So, my parents were making these drives. They were, you know, able to drive to a show three, four hours away, come back that same night, get home around two in the morning and then wake up and drive me to school. So, uh, yeah, like I said, they've been very supportive and they've always uh, been there for me. And they've really been my, uh, I guess, supporting stones, so to speak. They've been really the reason why I've been able to do this and do it on this much of a uh, efficient level, so to speak. The first time I saw you, I had no idea how young you were. And then, you know, you get into independent wrestling, you start to hear some of the names. And yours is a name that I always hear. I hear all the time, and I have for several years now. And then when I, I realized how young you were at the time, it blew my mind because, you know, I'm almost 40. And I, I, I feel like, you know, when I see some guys that are young like you, I feel like that I'm kind of like – I'm as old as your father or more old than your <laughs> father. And, and it just kind of, so I think in that kind of manner, like, man, would I let my son start wrestling at the age of 14? What are some of the conversations that you had with your parents to try to convince them to this, to do this? And, and how did that all go? Man. Uh, well, my dad, uh, has been a wrestling fan pretty much his whole life as well. Um, me and him would always stay up late. We would watch wrestling, uh, and you know, he, he was the one that would take me and drive me to WWE shows or TNA when, it, when impact was called TNA. Um, I remember going to a impact show. They had just switched the name over and they were impact. And that was, uh, in Orlando at universal 
we were walking around and it was just a, you know, fun attraction day on vacation. Uh, it was actually my birthday too. Um, and we were walking around universal and we seen a sign that said impact wrestling tonight. And it kind of, kind of blew our minds. So we were able to go and, you know, I was able to, uh, see my favorite wrestler of all time, Jeff Hardy, uh, for the first time ever live. So, I mean, really just all the things that I've heard, I guess, kind of my dad's perspective on, on wrestling and wrestlers in general is, is kind of been a funny thing. Uh, you know, he was always big on guys like Hulk Hogan and uh, Macho Man were probably honestly his two favorite, which is kind of ironic because I really like both of them too. And I think he has a lot to do with that. Uh, but when I first, before I started professionally wrestling, uh, I had went over to Mickey Midas's house. Uh, he had a ring in his backyard in like the shed. Um, you know, I had taken my first bumps in his ring and I was like, dad, you know, mom, I really want a wrestling ring. I need one in my backyard. I need to train, blah, 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 blah. And uh, if this shows you how supportive they are, you know, it was like almost five, five grand, $5,000 for a wrestling ring. And they got it for me. And I was, you know, 13 turning 14 and they, they, uh, they bought it for me. So, you know, I've had really crazy conversations with uh, both of them, but you know, like I said, it's, it's all been very supportive and I'm very thankful to have them in a part of my life. They have to be incredible people, and I, I've never met them, but I just, you know, like I said, when I've watched you, that's what I'm thinking about when I see you at the age of 15 in a ring. What is this guy's parents like? Because to me, to, you know, to support your child unquestionably and something that's very dangerous like professional wrestling and you know, professional wrestling doesn't exactly have the greatest reputation for being a great place for kids to be backstage. You right, know, right. it's just it just blows me away that they trusted you, you know, to do this kind of stuff. And was, um, you know, was there any convincing other than, hey, I just want to do this? Or, I mean, is this just something that they they can look in your eye and know that, OK, this is something he's going to do? Well, actually, it was kind of weird. You know, growing up, my mom was always trying to. uh you know, like I said, me and my dad, we always watch wrestling. And that was always my, always a dream of mine. You know, I had played basketball in school. I had played football, baseball, all this. Uh, you know, I've always been really big into sports. So I was playing all those and I was like, mom, I really want to wrestle. And she, you know, with us living in Kentucky, you have to be 18 years old with a wrestling license. So I never even thought it was going to be a possibility until I at least turned 18. Uh, but, you know, she, she tried to get me in uh, karate and taekwondo and all these classes and you know, we would sign up for them. She'd pay the money and then I would get there and be like, I'm done. You know, we even, uh, you know, she bought me wrestling singlet, wrestling shoes, all this. And I went to, uh, high school wrestling my freshman year. And, uh, you know, I was like, mom, this is, this is not what I want to do. I mean, I walked in, literally walked in and the, uh, the coach was like, no, this isn't what you see on TV. This isn't the fake crap. So, <laughs> you know, right when he told me that I was like, no, you know, screw this guy. And, you know, this, this isn't going to go well for me. So that was my first and only, uh, amateur wrestling practice. Uh, and yeah, like I said, you know, there, there was always, they were always trying to, uh, keep me satisfied and in, in the means of having me being able to do something and competing in front of an audience in any way, shape or form. And, you know, wrestling was just always, always that thing for me, man. It was always that one thing that would always put a smile on my face, no matter how bad the day was or anything like that. That was always the one thing. So she knew, and my dad always, I always kind of knew, I think, uh, that, you know, professional wrestling was, was for me. And, you know, a lot of people didn't think it was, you know, like, like you said, with my age being that young, I had got a, uh, got a lot of hate from it at first, but, you know, they were always supportive of it and they were like, you know, 
just be careful, you know. Uh, if this is what you really want to do, we're going to support you to the max. So, I would imagine that somewhere in your home is a pile of waivers that they have signed at various places uh, to make sure that it was okay legally for you to wrestle. Um, you know, where did you start training, and what is the logistics of training when you're 14 years old? So it's actually, it was actually a really crazy thing. Uh, when I, when I first started, you know, wanting to get into training, I had this replica title. It wasn't a WWE championship. It wasn't anything like that. It was, it was one that my parents had ordered me off of, um, I don't know, eBay, Amazon, something like that. It was just a generic United States championship title that I got for Christmas. And I would always post pictures of it. And, uh, you know, Myron had this guy on his friends list, and the guy had contacted Myron about seeing if if I would sell that belt to him. And uh, you know, so he, I told Myron, said, tell him to message me. So he messaged me, and uh, you know, I said, I don't want any money for this belt because I guess when he first started his company, it was uh, Coliseum Championship Wrestling in Evansville, Indiana. Uh, when he first started, he started with his brother, who I guess had passed away, and uh, that was the belt that they had when they first started the company together. Uh, so it was, it was just very kind of touching to him and he wanted it. And I said, man, I'm really not looking to sell it. I just want to train. Um, and it was crazy because the, the head trainer of that class, a Canadian kid, um, you know, all of his sons were training and I mean, they were like eight, nine, 10, 12 years old. (laughs) And all of those, like, I mean, I walked in and I mean, the majority of the class were kids younger than me and I'm 14 at the time. Um, so, you know, I, I trained there and then he had me, uh, you know, my first match there in Evansville. So, he, like I said, it was it was just a really crazy thing. I don't think a lot of people could say that was their uh, their origins in training because that, that was nuts. So you came up with guys like Mickey Midas and Myron Reed is who you're mentioning there. How fun has it been, you know, uh, to see these guys succeed and, and have these kind of parallel things going on where you're both doing well or you know all three of you guys are doing well and uh and you see them on the road all the time i'm sure man it's uh it's it's really crazy thing like uh you know those guys like i said the first ring i ever bumped in was at mickey's house and uh so i i was a fan i was going to the world wrestling alliance shows here in kentucky and i was watching sitting in the crowd and i was there when myron had his debut match and uh or his debut promo and then his debut match and all the matches following that for at least six months to a year uh, of him, you know, wrestling in sweatpants for the first couple times. Or, you know, I kind of I kind of seen it all from those guys. And I was, you know, traveling the roads with them. I was going to OVW shows. Crazy how that all kind of came full circle. Um, but, you know, being on the road with those guys, are just, they're just memories that I'll never forget. I mean, I'll, I'll see uh, Facebook memories from two years ago or three years ago of me riding in the car with them to shows I wasn't even on, uh, wasn't even trained or anything. Just being around those guys and those guys were really, you know, my best friends at that point and still to this day are um, more so my brothers now. I legitimately consider them people that I could trust with my life and those would be the guys that I would I would give my life for. So having guys like that to start, you know, was it was pretty awesome. A lot of people don't know this, but wrestling years are much longer when you look back on them than regular people years. Um, Definitely. You know, it, it you you look back on going to 100 shows over a year or something like that. And I mean, so much happened. It, you're living you know, two times a normal life in, in those years. So 
I can imagine looking at those two year memories must seem like 10 years ago. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Like seeing me, uh, and you know, I've, I've changed a lot, you know, physically and appearance wise. It's, it's insane to see, honestly, all of us have, you know, me, Myron and Mickey. And I mean, for me being a hundred pounds soaking wet, being a little Q-tip or whatever everybody used to call me, but man, it's, it's just wild to even think that, you know, that that was us, you know, and like you said, it does go by so much slower and, you know, it, looking back on those really, it does feel like it's been 10 years ago. That's how it works. It's crazy. It, the travel has a lot to do with it. The long days, I mean, you know, and, and just the camaraderie, you know, you go to war with these people and, you know, and sometimes they're, you're on the same side and sometimes you're not. At the end of the day, you get to ride home together or, or whatever and, and, you know, live live all these these great moments together. And that's kind of why it seems like it, it is so much happens, you know, but that's that's the life you want to live. You know, now, unfortunately, you know, living this kind of life and doing things like pro wrestling can lead to injuries. And you've had a couple. Um, I was actually there at. Uh, believe it was a paradigm pro wrestling uh, when you were tagging with Myron, if I'm correct. And uh, you guys went for an ill-fated 450 splash and you broke your arm right in front of me. I was scared to death. Tell me a little bit about how injuries have played a, a part in your life. And, and, you know, you're so young, but you've had some devastating injuries, right? Yeah, man, it's, it's definitely a wild sport to get into. Uh, you know, broken noses and stuff like that. Broken toes have happened several times. I mean, it's stuff, small things like that. But then, you know, like you said, when you get into broken elbow injuries and stuff, that'll have you out for a long time. I mean, I've broken my, I've broken one of my ribs. Um, you know, my my elbow. I have, I, I like to say I have four ankles because if you if you take a look at my ankles, I mean, there's two huge knots on each one, the ankle bone, and then another huge knot from where they've been sprained or broken or you know, whatever. And, and a lot of this, you know, wasn't, wasn't there before I started wrestling. Um, but I, I remember that night very vaguely of me, uh, breaking my elbow. Uh, it was, you know, like you said, in stereo 450 off the top rope. And honestly, everybody always, the one question everybody always asked me, did it hurt? Well, I'll tell you, it didn't hurt right when I landed. Uh, <laughs> the reason why I started screaming was because when I hit, I mean, I heard this loud pop and yeah, I was like, geez, man. And so I just rolled out of the ring and, uh, and then when I fell and hit the floor, yes, it started hurting. You know, I was about five feet away from you when that happened. And, uh, you know, I immediately knew that something was very, very wrong, you know, and, uh, that's an awful feeling. I mean, for you, obviously it's an awful feeling for the fans too, because we root for you. And, uh, I remember how you, you did like a little Facebook video or or a big, long Facebook post. that was real sappy. And I, it made me really sad because I just, you know, I worry about people like you that get started so young because that also means you're getting started with the bump card really young too. And, you know, there's two different ways to look at that though. There's the way that, you know, some people think that makes you tougher and you may wrestle longer because of it, because your body's used to it. Then some people think that, you know, maybe that's going to wear you out, you know, quicker. What, what do you think about all that? And, and, you know, when, when you're, sitting there by yourself and uh you're looking at your ankles or you're thinking about that broken arm i mean how how do those thoughts go in your head and and how do you deal with that man yeah it's definitely 
definitely a sight to see when you're, you know, like you said, just laying around or sitting around, seeing you have two ankles, you don't have filling in your left knee. I mean, it's it's a wild thing to know that you're only 18 years of age and have all this <laughs> have all this wrong. But if you look at guys like Rey Mysterio or AJ Styles or Chris Jericho, even guys that have been wrestling their entire lives and are in their prime right now, I mean. You know, Chris Jericho's 48 years old, and I mean, man moves like he's my age. So it's just, you know, either way, I mean, I've seen, you know, several, several, I guess, countless times that people have started real young and, it, you know, their careers didn't last too long. But then, like I said, there's guys like Mysterio or Styles or Jericho that have done it their whole lives and that are, you know, are pretty, pretty old to be professionally wrestling and are in their prime. So it really just depends on how you go about it. I mean, safety is is one of the main things in in professional wrestling and i've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by people that have taught me ways to do things and to prevent injuries but you know stuff stuff can always happen and um you know that's just something you kind of sign up for and are prepared for from the jump have you ever decided to not do something or have you ever kind of altered your style a little bit because you know maybe maybe that 450 splash maybe that's not what you need to do in every match or something like that is there is there anything that maybe you don't do anymore that you used to do definitely i would say the 450 has to be uh the main thing uh you know because that was my most devastating injury i mean i was told i was going to be out for six months but i came back in three um John you know, Cena. That was, yeah, I mean, that was going to physical <laughs> therapy. I mean, every morning, six o'clock in the morning for five, six days a week. So uh, it was it was horrible. But, you know, the 450 splash, I mean, I hadn't hit it in almost exactly a year. Uh, I hit it late August for the first time ever on Calvin Tankman in our match in New Jersey. That was the first person I ever hit it on. And then that was the first person I hit it on since my broken elbow. Um, and I've, I've hit it two times since then. So three times within a year span. And I mean, before I broke my elbow doing it, like you said, I was pretty much doing it every match. Uh, so that's definitely probably the main thing that I can think and, and dives too. I mean, there's, there's certain dives that, uh, I remember doing this pencil dive and it was pretty much just a big flying cross body, but with your hands to your, to your hips, it was pretty much just a trust fall dive. Uh, so I remember, uh, smacking my face on the concrete in a match at WCWO and that was the Jeez. last time I've ever done that. And that was three years ago. So <laughs> good, good. Well, dives are overrated anyway, so, uh, they don't need to have 50 of them in every match. And I'm not even old school like that. You know, I just, it's just something I've seen. So, I mean, you know, I, I was at some show not that long ago, Marco stunt bounced his head off the concrete because he just overshot some people on a dive and it's just, you know, the the reaction that you're going to get for that dive isn't worth the risk, in my opinion. Um, and that's just, you know, grumpy old man yelling at a cloud. But uh, but, you know, we've gotten a chance to see you in a couple different places recently. Um, one of them was uh, very interesting because, you know, at first you weren't Corey Storm. You were somebody else. We saw you at Destructo Pro a couple weeks ago and you were Hulk Hogan. Tell me a little bit about this, and how did you get this so right? This was crazy. I mean, you were Hulk Hogan. Man, like like I said, growing up watching wrestling with my dad and his, his one of his favorite wrestlers being Hogan. So, I mean, I have, I have watched, and, you know, people say, oh, you're too young to remember about Hogan. No, that's not the case, because I was reminded of it every single day. Uh, 
and yeah, Hogan is just, just one of those guys that I could, you know, he's, he's completely opposite of me. I mean, literally move for move. I don't think I've ever, besides that match done pretty much any move that Hogan does. Uh, so it was definitely a complete, uh, I guess, change of style, um, working that match as Hogan. But when I had first heard of the wrestlers being able to dress up and compete as other superstars, uh, you know, obviously the hurricane's name was pitched because I did the superhero persona for a while <laughs> after I came back from the elbow injury. And I was like, man, I want to do something different. So what can I do that would almost challenge myself, but also be really fun and really entertaining. So Hogan was that guy that I always had fun and was really entertained watching. So, you know, it was, like I said, it was completely a complete change of style from what I'm used to, but I'm not going to say it was easy. But, you know, I've watched so much Hogan that it was just kind of, I guess, uh, first nature to be able to <laughs> to mimic Hogan. I mean, literally, I have watched that much Hogan. It's it's probably pretty rare for an 18 year old to say that <laughs> it was very impressive in the funniest way, you know, and uh, I mean, you even, you know, may you had little story stuff going on there where you, you did a leg drop and you about broke your hip, you know? I mean, I hope your hip feels okay because, man, it looked rough that night. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so, you know, Destructo Pro is one of many uh, promotions that run out of the arena. We mentioned you've worked for Paradigm Pro as well. I think, was it, did you ever work for Pro Wrestling Freedom? Uh, I did a few shows for Pro Wrestling Freedom. Uh, I remember wrestling Derek Neal, but I believe that oh, was man. a Paradigm slash PWF uh, co-promoted Best of Both Worlds, I believe is what they called a show. And, um, you know, I think I did maybe two more after that. God, I love Derek Neal. He's so awesome. Uh, but, yeah, now what you're doing now is insane because every time I open Facebook or open Twitter – you are working for some new promotion. So, you know, it wasn't that long ago you debuted for AAW in Chicago, which is a big place. I mean, that place is something else. And uh, we'll talk about that here in a second. But then you, I, I see that you're working for OVW. And then I see you with an Impact shirt on. Corey, let's get to the bottom of this. What's going on here? Are you working for everybody? And if so, when are you going to debut for WWE? <laughs> that's a good question man i mean uh i will be debuting for aw foot no i'm just kidding uh but but yeah man it, it really has been a wild ride because you know like you said it, it's almost kind of all came at one time you know my i had my ovw debut in may and then about a, I think the same month i think it was either may or june that i wrestled for aw and then recently just wrestled for impact so um it's kind of just all been like I said at one time and it's kind of I guess I haven't really had time to sit down and kind of take in and kind of settle down on what I've been through the last six months especially coming out coming off of the elbow injury um so it's it's been really awesome and it's been definitely been a uh wild ride and an awesome experience all right well so we all have our moments, whether we're wrestlers, we're fans or whatever, we all have these moments where we mark out, right? So you've probably met some people recently that maybe you didn't, had never met before or someone that you 
didn't expect to meet in your wrestling career. Tell me someone that you've met recently where you just kind of marked out and you were like, holy crap, I'm talking to this person. Uh, I would probably say my biggest mark out moment for someone that I had never met uh, had to be John Morrison or Johnny Impact or Johnny wherever he's wrestling at. Uh, you know, I that was at the AAW show, my debut show there. Uh, I was in a pre-show match and I come back and he wasn't there before the pre-show. So when I come back, he's like, He's like, great match, kid. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. He was like, I didn't watch it. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, but the crowd reacted really good, and you looked really nice. Your gear is awesome. And I was like, okay, well, that was definitely a win. Side, you know, sidetrack that uh, crazy little comment that he caught me off guard with. But, I mean, if you if you probably had a camera up to my face and you would see my facial expressions just change, but that was definitely a cool thing for him to him to hear because i've always been really big on gear i mean gear has always you know been one of my favorite things and i think it really completes a wrestler so to be able to hear him say that was pretty awesome and you know i met rhino uh back in like 2014 2015 at a uh, world wrestling alliance show in kentucky and uh we're in my hometown that's where it was it was in owensboro kentucky and uh, one of my buddies i guess kept up with rhino or something and he knew that he rhino drove a jeep so uh, we seen his Jeep sitting at a gas station and we're like in the gas station. We're all like, we're all like, all right, we're going to go this way. You go this way. I mean, there's like five of us. So we're all walking through this gas station trying to find Rhino and he walks out of the bathroom and Rhino's a big germaphobe. So, you know, he just gave all of us the, uh, the fist bumps and he, he took nice. a picture with us, which is really cool. But then, you know, being able to tell him that story when I just wrestled him and defeated him for the OVW television title was really, really awesome. Uh, okay. So that was that's always been a guy that I've kind of marked out for in in since. Well, a couple things there. First of all, if John Morrison is telling you you got awesome gear, I mean that's not just like anybody telling you that because I mean that dude has probably sent, spent more money on gear than either you or I will ever make in our lifetime, you know. And uh, his gear is always better than anybody's. And then. You know, Rhino, I've seen him a couple times, and what I think is interesting about Rhino is when he's not making the Rhino face, he just looks like a normal dude. He doesn't look anything like Rhino, and all he does is just make this face all of a sudden. You're like, oh, my God, that's Rhino. You know, it, it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were if you were just a, uh, a general wrestling fan and you knew a little bit about Rhino, I think if you've seen him in public, you wouldn't know who he was. No. Uh, unless he was making that face. It really is kind of weird, but it's, you know, it's Rhino nuts, definitely has man. that face down. <laughs> well, you know, we saw you recently at this Young Guns tournament thing, and you lost again, Corey. What, when are you going to win this thing? What the hell? You've been in it four times? Is that right? Uh, yeah, no, three, three, three uh, okay. in 2017, I wasn't a part of the, uh, the tournament. I was in a pre-show scramble match or, or whatever. And then, uh, 2018, I wasn't going to be in the tournament due to my elbow injury, but, uh, I came back and that was, that was my return show. Uh, and that was the show that I had pretty much worked my ass off in physical therapy to be able to get back to that show and be able to participate because it was it was definitely a heartbreaking not to be in it in 2017. But, you know, with it being I think you have five years, five years in the business and then you can't do it anymore. Uh, so next year will be my final year in the Young Guns tournament. Uh, this year was Sean's last year. Sean Kemp is his last year oh, this year. So okay. uh, Jonathan's, I believe, was the year before 2018. So 
next year, 2020 will be my last young guns tournament. And, uh, to be, to be a part of that show, you know, 2017, not in the tournament, but still on the show, it would definitely be, uh, something awesome for me to do and be able to say that five years of being a part of this show, I was finally able to win the entire thing. It's pretty awesome. That was our first year gone and we were blown away. I mean, we had an absolute blast as you heard on the podcast. We, it was like one of the best shows we've seen this year and we see a lot of shows. So, um, you know, that says a lot and everybody was just so nice and having a blast. And, you know, I, I was just so happy to be there and that's definitely going to be one we go back to in the future. I do have a strange question for you though. You got these yahoos running around Indiana. You got these iffy guys, you got these lost boys, you got all these, these groups that are running around over there. Well, how come you've never become one of a part of these groups and, and, what kind of peer pressure is there for a young wrestler like yourself to be absorbed by one of these groups? Well, uh, yeah, like you said, there are uh, quite a few factions or groups or stables or buddy, uh, buddy, buddy, I guess groups or whatever you want to call it <laughs> running around. I mean, man, I can't even describe it. Like, I think it's just kind of a brotherhood. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I guess joined the uh, IFHY faction for one night, and the same night they uh, powerbombed me on thumbtacks and spray painted IFHY on my back. So unbelievable! Uh, that was yeah, that was my attempt of uh, being being in their group or faction or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so you know, other than that, you know, I've never really you know I've always kind of been like the side guy in uh, the bomb shelter, but I've never really been a part or featured really much in depth and their uh in their tag team runs or any other matches so you know just kind of being a a singles guy really i mean other than the indy heartthrobs which we only had a small run Ooh, with yeah. uh you know all three of us so that was kind right. of one that we built up to kind of go against the original core ifhy so you know other than that and that was one i had to create by myself uh you know, I've never really been a part of them, but they are, they are pretty cool to watch. I mean, it is really cool to have, you know, four or five guys or IFHY who has 86 that can uh, <laughs> go around to every show and be on them all and compete and put over the uh, their brand. So it's just kind of awesome to see them all promoting each other and having each other's backs. Well, this brings up a bone that I have to pick with you because – you know, me and oh, Chad, man. Uh, yeah, me and Chad French are the indie heartthrobs. So I, I'm a little upset with you that you and you know Myron, you guys think you're the indie heartthrobs, but maybe we can we can fix this right now. Can me and Chad French be honorary members of the indie heartthrobs? Uh, I might have to run that through my office. Come on. Well, that's fine. That's fine. As long as we, I think you, know, you guys could be like the bald and bearded or something like that. That would be kind of cool. OK. All right. Well, we're going to we're going <laughs> to pass that that comment there. I don't want to I don't want to out you as a baldest on this program here. But uh, but yeah, I know. And I've just been very upset because I thought that, you know, me and Chad, we were the Indy heartthrobs, obviously. Just look at us. I mean, come on. You know, and these young guys running around just taking our stuff. I don't like it. True, but. true. I think you guys could kind of fit the uh, the qualifications. I guess we could do honorary members. All right. There you go. I can't wait till Myron Reed hears this. He's not very happy. So. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Sorry, Myron. Oh, man. 
Well, okay, so you got all this stuff going on, but what's the end goal? Like, what is what's the thing? Like, you know, everybody measures success in different ways, and and this is cheesy stuff, but it's true. And you know, uh, to some person, getting out of bed and going to work every day is a massive success in their life because they got problems. You know, what? Like, what is success for you? And like, when are you going to get there? And have you gotten there already? Well, I think I've I think I've reached quite a bit of my uh my small or short-term goals i guess uh you know debuting for aw was always a goal of mine ever since i first started wrestling i mean that was one of the first indie shows i ever watched and being able to compete there and ovw and especially impact here recently i mean you know i would i would definitely like to uh work with impact or sign a contract with impact here in the near future i think that would be awesome um you know uh, wrestling in Japan has always been probably my biggest international goal. Uh, you know, so being able to really sign with a major company, I think would be a, uh, a pretty good goal, but I think everybody's end goal manner. Well, not everybody's, but you know, a lot of, a lot of wrestling fans and people who started watching wrestling. I mean, they started rest, started watching wrestling and watching the WWE or the WWF in that time. Um, so, you know, Working for WWE has always been a dream of mine, and I would say it's been a dream for pretty much all, you know, all professional wrestlers. I mean, you know, everybody's probably thought about it at least once. Um, but, you know, being able to wrestle at a place like WrestleMania would would definitely be uh, the icing on the cake, I think. That would, that would just be something awesome for me to do. If you could wrestle one Japanese wrestler, who would it be? Definitely Okada. No kidding, huh? That would be yeah. something else. Gosh, he's like, is there anybody better? I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of tough. I mean, I, I seen uh, Osprey posted something. And I've always been a huge fan of Osprey. So Osprey, else too. you know, wrestling in Japan, uh, Japan wrestlers are, you know, not really Japanese wrestlers, but uh, Japan wrestlers. I seen he had posted something where he had wrestled like a more accumulated time over this year than Okada and. You know, nothing, nothing against Osprey, but man, I don't think anybody uh, in New Japan or anybody really, I don't want to say the whole world, but man, Okada is one of the greatest of all time, I think. And, you know, being able to wrestle him would definitely be pretty awesome. I think Osprey is having an Okada type year this year. And like, if you had to like put a, finger on the best wrestler in 2019 it's gonna be tough to beat him you know uh but like 2018 and 2017 and maybe even 2016 belong to okada so like you know what i mean and it's that's kind of i i think that what's going on here is that okada's kind of taking some rest a little bit here you know right i mean he did so much in the past three years i mean geez man he's got to take a break sometimes or his legs are gonna collapse i mean every Every you know, Osprey's like really giving him a minutes. run for his money, though. <laughs> I think he is. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm a huge New Japan fan. I mean, if I watch any two things, I watch NXT and I watch New Japan, and that's pretty much the only like TV wrestling I really watch. And uh, you know, I I just I love all those guys so much. I even love Hanma. You know, Hanma's one of my favorites. So you know, I, I'm such a fan of Japanese wrestling, and I'd love to see somebody like you get over there and mix it up with some of those guys. I mean, 
it, it, it would be something else, man. And, uh, you know, it, that's the fun part about being a wrestling fan. I've said it many times on this program. It bears repeating, though, is that the ultimate fan experience is getting to see folks like yourself grow. And getting to see you go from some skinny little kid that debuted in a triple threat to, you know, what you're doing today. And and that is one of the coolest things ever. And if you're listening to this and you know you go to these indie shows, make an effort. You know, uh, develop a relationship with guys like Corey Storm because it will pay off big time. If that's just saying hi, it's just saying hi. If it's buying a T-shirt, it's buying a T-shirt. If it's having an actual conversation about wrestling – that's where the really fun stuff comes in and where you get to watch these guys sometimes from afar, sometimes from up close and get to see them grow. And I hope one day, uh, you know, that you achieve all your goals, man. And I really, I really feel that way. I appreciate that, man. I mean, I know it's kind of in a different sense now with me being a wrestler, but you know, it's kind of the same concept with, uh, with Myron and Mickey. Um, you know, both of those guys are doing really good. I mean, hell Myron's on national television. So, uh, you know, he's signed with MLW and being able to see, you know, him doing everything he's doing and knowing how much of an impact he's made on not only my life, but my career in general has been has been really awesome. And it just almost seems rewarding to be able to, uh, you know, when Myron will message me and say, hey, I'm wrestling Teddy Hart for the, you know, <laughs> the MLW. Yeah, I mean, it's just awesome, like being able to hear and see his success and being able to know that. I'm a part of his story in, in a sense. Uh, it's just really awesome. And like I said, it does feel rewarding. And, you know, I've, I've never been one of those people to turn away a fan or not really want to have a conversation. I mean, that's the one way to hook us wrestlers, you know, talk to us about wrestling. That's, that's the, I guess, key to our heart. <laughs> I mean, that's how my girlfriend weaseled her way in, you know, she talked to me about <laughs> wrestling and, you know, it was just on from there. I mean, yeah, wrestling is definitely the key to our hearts. So. Awesome. Well, man, this has been a tremendous interview, but we got a couple things that we need to mention. Um, folks can follow you on social media and you have a pro wrestling t uh, store, right? Let's talk about that real quick. Tell folks where they can find you and, you know, how to find you on pro wrestling tees. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm constantly on social media, whether that's making highlight reels or just posting random videos or retweeting people. Um, my Twitter is Corey underscore storm 24. My Instagram is Corey storm 24 and then Facebook, facebook.com slash Corey storm 24, uh, pro wrestling tees was a very awesome thing for me to, uh, have opened my store about a year ago. Uh, you could just type in Corey storm and the wrestlers search on there. I have two exclusive designs on there. I have released other versions of those designs for people at, at shows, but those are online exclusives and will never be mass printed and produced at shows. So, uh, if you guys could, could get those and, you know, support me and support my dream, it would definitely mean the world to me. That's pretty awesome, man. Well, you can follow me at Drusifer tweets on Twitter and follow our show at the road home FW, uh, for me and Corey storm. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be